This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagistilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Did you know that God is always up to something? Thinking thoughts and making plans to ensure that our lives will always be blessed and prosperous, just as He intended. Pastor Ray's extraordinary three-day series of encouragement, Time to Hit the Reset Button, is all about having a future in God. Having those same thoughts and plans God is having for the new year 2023 and beyond, and a future for us that's better than we could have ever imagined. But even though God invites us to have a personal conversation with Him about that future, we will absolutely never realize our true destiny looking through the eyes of past failures and mistakes. So the reset button has to wipe the slate clean, allowing us to remember our victories, forget our failures, and declare our tomorrows. We may not know exactly what our future is or even understand it, but get ready because in 2023, God is up to something. We're starting a whole new era in the life of Living Word Church. We've, we've, got, we've got great things ahead. There are great things that we have to look forward to. But, you know, uh, once in a while, we've got to hit that reset button. And that's what God offers to you and to me in our lives. He offers us a brand new start every morning. How many of you know the verse? His, his mercies are new every morning. So every morning you can hit that restart button, reset button, and restart your life and have a brand new beginning. Everybody say a new beginning. This is it. So I believe in my heart that all of you that are here today and connected with this church in whatever way you're connected, that this is going to be your year of a brand new beginning. The reset button is being pushed and the slate is being wiped clean, and you can, you can begin again, you will begin again, and the best is yet to come in your life. Can I get a better amen than that? I believe that with all that's within me. We have to. God's got to do it in our lives. All right, so now let's, let's go to Jeremiah chapter 29, go through these verses that are very familiar to you, but let's, um, let's talk about them. Jeremiah 29, verse 11. And God says here, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Whoa, let, let's just stop right here. Do you realize that God, God, the creator of all, the all, whole universe, creator of everything. Listen, are you all with me? Listen, pay attention. God himself, the eternal being, God. God is thinking thoughts about you and about me. God has thoughts in his mind about your life and my life. Think about the awesomeness of this. He says, for I know the thoughts that I have towards you. Now, you see, the reason why some people don't ever really get the mind of God, like my, uh, my former pastor many years ago when I was in the Assemblies of God, he used to have this saying, and I never really totally understood it, but he would say, well, I've got to get the mind of God on this. I've got to get, I've got to get the mind of God on this. I've got to get the mind. And, you know, studying this, I realized what he was saying, that God's got thoughts in his mind about your life, about your future, 
about your destiny, about the purpose in your life. And he says here, I know the thoughts that I have towards you, that I think towards you. God is thinking, isn't that awesome? That blows me away, that God is thinking something about my life. I bet you, but I want to know, how many of you want to know what God is thinking about you and about your future and about your life? I want to know everything that God is thinking about me as it pertains to my life and to my future. He says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Uh, you know, there's one verse in the Bible that says, my ways are higher than your ways, Isaiah. My ways are higher. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Think about that. And I often say this, that the thoughts you're thinking about yourself, the thoughts that you're thinking about your own life right now, are much lower than what God is thinking about you. And really, that becomes the purpose of every pastor and preacher is to help people to elevate to a higher level to start thinking the thoughts that God is thinking about you. See, because many of us are living far below the level that God wants us to live. And, and a lot of it is because of stinking thinking. It's, and I hate to say it, but a lot of us come from our churches, you know, because all, a lot of them are just teaching religion and got you bound up by religion and can't set you free. Because, you know, if you, if you got free, you, you might prosper. You might do something with your life. And the devil certainly doesn't want that to happen. So, so you see, see, God is thinking thoughts. And God wants to take us. God has a plan to take us higher and into a better place than you're even thinking about yourself. Whatever you're thinking about your future right now, God's got something even greater. L listen, whatever you're thinking about the next level of prosperity or advancement or whatever it is, God is thinking something better and higher than what you are thinking. Because we know, Isaiah teaches us that in, in the book. He says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are, are higher and better and greater than your ways. So God's not only got the thoughts, but he also has ways to get you to that place that you don't even know about. Get excited, man. God, God's thinking something. But see, some of you are stuck because maybe life has dealt you a a blow, you know, maybe, maybe you've fallen into, fallen into a booby trap. Maybe the devil's knocked you around a little bit, you see. But you see, you're not stuck. God's got thoughts on your behalf. God's got a plan. God is doing something behind. Listen, li li listen, God is up to something. I said God is up to something. You may not know it, perceive it, understand it, or even feel it, but God is up to something. I said, come, come on, you... you I said, God is up to something. Did you hear me over here? God is up to something. Get ready. Because he's thinking thoughts about you. He's thinking thoughts. And they're greater than anything you're thinking about yourself. Oh, man, that excites me. Get ready, get ready. Turn to somebody and say, get ready, get ready. God is up to something. The devil wants to steal this joy and this excitement from you because he wants to keep you down here trapped thinking that nothing's ever going to change. How's it ever going to change? How's it ever going to get better? What's going to happen? But you've forgotten that you serve the God of the impossible. God can take the impossible and make it possible and he will do it to stick it in the face of the devil. Come on, somebody rejoice and say amen. So, so I don't care what's going on in your life right now. I mean, I do care, but I don't want you to care. I want you to understand that God is thinking something much greater. God's got a way. His thoughts are higher and greater, and his purposes are higher and greater, and he's got a way 
to get you out of wherever you are. What we've got to do is just continue to access him by faith and trust and turn our lives over to the Lord and trust him. Say, God, I may not know, but you know. I may not see, but you see. I may not be able to feel it, but you already got your eye on it. Because your word says that your thoughts, that you have a, you have, you're thinking thoughts towards me. Now notice what he says about the thoughts. He says, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. Oh, this, I, I, I can't get off that verse, man. That just excites me. Think about it. God's thinking about me and my life. Thinking about you and your life. Take courage today. Doesn't matter where you are. Doesn't matter what's happened. God's thinking thoughts towards you. Now notice what he says. For I think thoughts to you. Uh, and he says, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. Now let's just, let's just, let's just fix this. The bad stuff that happens in your life is not God's doing. Let's get this clear because I hear it, I see it, I even see it in some of the charismaniacs that attend churches like this. They want to blame God for, well, I don't understand why God is doing this. Why did God let this happen? Why did God, why did... It's not God. Take your finger and put the blame where the blame belongs and lay it at the feet of Satan. It's the devil that brings the trouble. It's not God. He says, the thoughts that I think towards you are not, are, are thoughts of peace and not of evil. God doesn't have anything evil in store for you because he doesn't think those thoughts. Those thoughts, don't, he, they don't they're not even in his thinking. He, he can't think those thoughts because God is not evil. He has no evil in him. So he doesn't think evil thoughts. And when you look at tragedies and disasters and things that happen in this earth, this is not the doing of God. This is the doing of the devil. He's the one who devises evil schemes and plots and, and tricks. And he's the one that tries to unleash them on people or use people to get to other people. Oh, he's big on that, boy. He just motivates somebody to get, get to you and try to stir up your life. And you see, that's why you can't ever get angry at people. You've got to get angry at the devil. I had to learn that lesson when people came at me and tried to un undermine me and do all kinds of things. I didn't lay any charge at them. I said, God, you deal with them. They're your servants. I'm ticked off at the devil and what he's trying to do to God's kingdom, what he's trying to do to the anointings in my life. Amen. This is not from God. Everybody wants to lay the blame at God's feet. Oh, God must be doing something. God must be teaching me something. God doesn't use sickness, disease, disasters, tragedy. You better get this fixed in your mind. According to the word of God, he's got thoughts of peace and not of evil. God does not work in the realm of evil. Can I get a better amen than that? So he says, he says, let's read it in context again. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. Now notice this next thing. To give you a future and a hope. Oh my gosh. God's got a future for me, for you. I don't care where you are. I don't care what kind of disaster you've been through or what, what's happened to you. God, there's a future for you. Turn to somebody and say, there's a future for you. God, in his infinite wisdom, has a destiny, has a plan, a purpose, and an end point in your life that he is trying to get you to. Now, one of the reasons why a lot of people don't ever really get into, see, that's why a lot of people are frustrated. That's why a lot of people are really frustrated because they're not, they're not, they're not, they haven't entered into the, the plan that God has. They haven't entered into the, to the future that God has for them. 
they're trying to do life themselves and they, they're trying to, you know, plan their own life. And, and see, I don't understand why God, why, why not everybody would, would want God in their life. Look at, the, look at the benefits of having God in your life. Look at what, what God gives you for you accepting him when you don't really deserve him. But, but he, he gives himself to you. He gives Jesus to you. He cleans you up. He gives you a brand new beginning. He gives you a brand new start. He blesses your life. He anoints you. He comes and lives on the inside of you. And what did I do to deserve it? Nothing. He does it all because he's a God of love. Because he loved you and continues to love you. And he gives you these wonderful benefits. Why isn't everybody serving God? Why isn't everybody giving their heart to the Lord and getting into the will and the plan of God or desiring to get into the will and the plan of God? He says right here, he says, he says I have thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. See, see, I have a future in God. You have a future in God. My future is going to be more blessed than my past. My future is brighter than my past. Why? Because God, God's got a plan. How many people are really flowing in that plan? See, see, because he says, he says, to give you a future and to hope. Now, how many of you, how many of you, you if you've been around here, you know I've done extensive teaching on the word hope. Now, I've studied the word uh, many years ago, and I formulated my own definition of the word hope. And the word hope, see, it's not like you all think of the way the world uses the word hope. It always has an element of doubt attached to it. I hope so. I hope things are going to turn better. I hope tomorrow is going to be better than today. I, 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 like, I can tell. I can tell right where people are when I, you finish praying with them, you know, and I say, okay, now did you receive Well, I hope so. So, oh, forget it. Let's start all over again. <laughs> now, you see... <laughs> If you understood the true meaning of the word hope in the Bible, you would change your whole perspective on what the word hope means. The word hope, and this was my definition that I put together, based upon all the words that I could find that define the word hope. And the word hope means this, the joyful, confident, favorable expectation of things to come. So what God is saying in his word here, if you use that as, a, as, our, as our definition, he doesn't have, he has thoughts of peace and not of evil, but to give you a future that's filled with joyful, confident, favorable expectation of what is to come. See, somebody, somebody, you're, not, you're still not getting it, I can tell, I can see. You're like, who's this crazy man preaching this word? See, you have a future in God. You have a future. God has a plan and a purpose. God wants to get you somewhere. There's a destiny in the mind and the will of God that he is trying to move you towards. And God will use every means available to get you into the pathway of his destiny. And my, see, my prayer is, God, I want to be in the center of the center of your will. God, if I get off course even one degree, I want you to kick me. God, if I get off and I don't respond to the kick, then slap me. If I don't respond to the slap, knock me over the head. Do whatever you've got to do because I want to be in the center of the center of your will. Because that's where the blessings are. That's why I want to know God. I pray, God, I want to know your thoughts. What are you thinking about my life and about my future? What's in your will and your mind for me? The Bible says, you know, no, no ear is heard, no eye has seen the great things that God has stored up for those who love him. But God has revealed it by his spirit. We have the spirit of God within us. So we can ask God, God, what is my future? What is my future? 
I want to know the will and the plan and the de- See, don't just aimlessly walk around. See, people are just aimlessly walking around life, just letting life knock you around, beat you up, and you wonder why you can't even find your way out of a brown paper bag. Man, you got to go to God. You got to say, God, I want to know my future. I want to know the details. Show me something. God, I know you're up to something. But reveal it to me. Your Bible says, your, your word says you're thinking thoughts about me. That there's a hope and there's a future in you. I want, I want that future. I want to walk in the pathways of your will, your perfect will for my life. But you've got to want it. You've got to want it. You've got to, you've got to want it. See, not enough of, of the people on this planet want God involved in their life. I understand it, man. Why, why wouldn't you want the benefits and the blessings of Almighty God? So many people, you see, you see the difference, you see, you see the difference between the world. There are many worldly people out there that do reach pinnacles of success. But because they've reached pinnacles of success does not mean that they have fulfilled their purpose in this world. Their God-given purpose. And that's why, you see, you find a lot of not all, but many of them, very unfulfilled. Marriage is broken, kids are rebelling, um, you know, riddled with all kinds of problems. They're alcoholics, they're drugs. Look, look at Hollywood. This is why I can't understand why our government officials play up to the Hollywood, you know, to Hollywood and all the stars. They're a bag of losers. I'm sorry, I don't mean to dash your dreams over your movie stars and your idols, but I'm going to kick some idols right out. They're a bag of losers. They're drug addicted. Whoremongering? Oh, man. Oh, Pastor, getting tough. Well, let's, let's speak right. Let's speak real about it. And, and, and you see, you see, serve God, man. You serve God. You, 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 there are benefits that, that come with this. There are benefits that come with serve. I don't know why everybody doesn't want to serve God and follow God. I don't understand it. You see? But, um, but he says here, he says, you know, well, I want to get back to this point. You have to want it. You have to seek God. You have to want his will in your life. You have to ask him, God, what is it? Where am I supposed to be? Most of you sitting here today, I mean, I, are, you, are, you, are you seeking God for where you're supposed to be? That's why people are confused. See, see, what I was trying to say before is that Hollywood, they may be rich and they're sitting on the pinnacle of success, but they don't have any fulfillment. They have no satisfaction. See, the difference between them and us, or us and them, is that when we're in the perfect will of God, we're not only getting blessed, but we're being fully satisfied by all the blessings that are coming in our life. We have a sense of satisfaction where they're tormented. That's why I want to go the way of the world. Some of you cowtown after the world, man, run away. Run as far and as hard and as fast as you can because they're no example for you. This is the example for you. Godliness, living for Jesus, loving God, and letting and allowing God to love you and bestow the plan and unfold to you the vision and the purpose for your life. As we says, to give you a future, to give you a hope. Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me, and I will listen to you. Holy mackerel, listen to this. And I don't mean H-O, I mean W-H. Listen, God invites us to have personal conversation with him. He promises you in this verse, you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to God, the creator of all the universe, says that he's going to listen to you. 
So you know what the problem, you know, you know what the problem is, why we don't believe that? Because everybody around you doesn't listen to you. And, you know, your wife doesn't listen. She never listens. My husband, he never listens. The kids, they never listen. My, 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 my employees, they never listen. I've even said that about my employees. <laughs> Sorry to say, they don't listen. I say it a hundred times, they don't listen. But if you're not careful, you're going to get this nobody's listening attitude and you begin to take matters and life into your own hands. And you, you really lose one of the greatest benefits that God gives to you and that's his listening ear to your cries, to your desires, to your wants, to your needs. He said, you're going you're to call unto me and pray and I'm going to listen to you. And when you, when you have that passionate desire to talk with God, God begins to reveal bits and pieces of his will. You see, see, one of the reasons why many of us don't know the will of God, because we just keep doing life. Life is so busy, so chaotic, so hectic. We get up in the morning, we hit the floor running, run to the coffee pot, guzzle down coffee, get the kids dressed, get them to school, get on the train, get in the car, do whatever we're doing, race to work, put up with all the nonsense at work, rush home, cook dinner. I mean, brother, sister, how can God ever get a word, word in edgewise? He can't even talk to you. You're so busy. One of the most important things we're going to have to do is we're going to have to get back to the prayer closet. We're going to have to get back to that place where we enter in and we know that there's a God that wants to listen to me. The wife may not want to listen. The kids may not want to listen. Your husband may not want to listen. The employees may not want to listen. The boss may not want to listen. The politicians may not, not, may not want to listen. But God wants to listen to you. He wants to listen to the cry of your heart. You will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen to you. He's going to listen. And he says in verse 13, he says, and you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. It's not just the casual, hello, God. Good morning, Jesus. Hallelujah. Let me get on with life. And just do life like you do life. No, this is, this is, a, this is a once in a while, just stopping in the middle of the day and saying, God, I love you. Jesus, I seek you. You are more important than this job, than this profession, than this church, than this work, than this. You, God, you, Jesus, you alone, God, I seek you. Speak to my heart. Lead me, guide me, direct me, help me. Give me your wisdom. Give me your instruction. God, I need you. I'm counting on you. It's a seeking God with a passion in your heart. Unfortunately, in America today, we, we, we've made God down to, you know, and this experience with God is so wishy-washy. It's like, just go to church, hallelujah, preach me a good word, go home and live my life, live in sin, do whatever I want to do, and God is not in it. We're seeking things and seeking our desires and seeking benefits, but we're not seeking Him. Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. 
Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com. Thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of God-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the Word of God and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come, God's Word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors.